One day, remind me to tell you the story of Noah's Ark, not the Bible story, but Noah's Ark as in this commune I used to live in, uh, in this eight-bedroom house that this Jewish hippie guy named Noah built without blueprints or any experience in carpentry. It caught on fire after I moved, but when I lived there, that was one of the best years of my life because I was part of a community. Welcome to my community of more Morgulons! It's Crystal Clear, and I'm the host. And I'm so glad you're here. You came just just in time to take a walk down memory lane. That wasn't the name of the street. That wasn't the name of the street in Cabbage Town. They call it Cabbage Town because, well, the old story goes is that one time a truck wrecked. It was full of cabbages and... I guess that's how it got to be called Cabbage Town. But then other people say that it was because a bunch of poor Irish people lived there and they cooked cabbage all the time because they didn't have any money for anything more than cabbage. Not even potatoes. And the whole neighborhood smelled like a cabbage fart. Well, nowadays I promise you it does not smell like cabbage over there. And the houses are way out of my price range. And I'll just say it. Checked it off my bucket list six figures before 40. Regardless of what I made mm-hmm. now, I didn't make that much then. And I was saving up to buy my first house and my freedom. And that became Freedom House, as y'all probably must have done the math and found out. But in order to buy my freedom in my Freedom House, I had to save. And the only way I knew how to save was to split the rent, you know, the cost of housing has risen and risen and risen, and rent is, even in Atlanta, Georgia, where we have some of the most reasonable um, housing prices of all the metropolitan areas in the U.S. Um, come on over, y'all. Come to Atlanta. Let's go pick at the CDC together. It'll be fun. Um, but what was I talking about? The sexy Chinese girl that lived downstairs? No. What was it? What was it? Damn. Oh, the house in Cabbage Town. So I lived in a four-bedroom house, every room filled with roommates. It was a four-bedroom, one-bath. Now just stop and think about that for a minute. You got that in your head? All right. Close your eyes. Now I want you to imagine that the bath, the one-bath, shared amongst all these working adults... Was an exact replica of a backstory. There's this one black girl that lived there named Story. <sighs> yeah, but anyway, uh, that's another story. One bath, close your eyes. Now imagine, have you ever seen Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho? You know the shower scene? Surely you do. It's like, ring, ring, ring. And there's the knife and the shower curtain. And nobody even knows what the fuck. I I have no idea what that scene is about, quite honestly. I think I was too young when I saw that movie. And I was just like, this is boring. This is black and white. This is stupid. This guy's got Oedipus complex. Because I was, as I am now, an educated and privileged, gifted child. Old girl that owned the home. The names will be changed to protect the innocent. Let's call her Sally Joe. Sally Joe, bless her heart, she owned this place in Cabbage Town. And in the year that I lived there, I believe that was 2018, I didn't live there for a full year. I only made it about 90 days. But here's the thing about good old Sally Joe. She had been shot in the head by one of her tenants and left for dead. And in fact, 
It's a miracle that she didn't die because she laid bleeding with a bullet in her brain for three days before she was found. Now, I verified this, y'all. In the famed Sanjay Gupta, <laughs> that guy that's always on CNN, the neurosurgeon, he actually used to work at Grady Hospital. He may still. The infamous Grady Hospital in Atlanta, Georgia. It's the only level one trauma center we have, but they take poor people and all the poor people go there. And so around here, it's got a you know, kind of a reputation, like Grady, you know. Oh, over at Grady. You see some crazy shit over at Grady. But Sanjay Gupta did her brain surgery and saved her life. Don't ever forget, medicine is itself an institution of racism. Our bodies are big business. And our bodies will always betray us. Sorry. I learned that my first uh, semester of clinical rotation as a nurse. I had never seen sick people, y'all. I had never seen people die, y'all. Didn't know a single sick person or any person who had died. Then I knew a lot. It was a raw truth. I recognized it instantly, my mortality. I couldn't shuffle off this mortal you coil. You have seen it. You will. So, Sally Joe's boyfriend was this <laughs> wacky, wacky artist. Go figure, right? Uh, we'll call him Dicky Dog. And Dicky Dog had a, kind of a crush on me, and, and I liked him, and I thought he was cool. And he, he, he had made these wind chimes, but they were like concrete. And chains. <laughs> it was pretty damn funny. It was pretty damn silly. I liked it. Good old Dicky Dog. And maybe they swung in a really strong wind. <laughs> and he would just say the damnedest things. And I don't know. He was a character, Dicky Dog. He also built this huge wooden rocking horse that was like for adults, and it was so much fun. He was a great conceptual artist. And a plumber. He was also a plumber. But, um, good old Dickie Dog. I remember learning from another old friend of mine. See, I miss this, you guys. I'm telling stories from memory lane because I miss people. I miss real life people. I miss being around people. Maybe I should have a Morgulon's convention. At Freedom House. I gotta think about the logistics, y'all. Parking. I can fit about eight cars. That's not a convention. That's a nice cocktail party. But we gotta and pick it. What? Somebody's turning 40 this summer. So that's exciting. I'm, y'all, when old Mother Hubbard gets in her shoe, I'm gonna have so many children that I won't know what to do. I'll be like, I rescued this dog. I adopted this dog. They call me the Rambler. Oh, the Rambler. Oh, I Rambler, 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 Listen, I'll tell you, I'll finish the story real quick, and I'm gonna let the beautiful first grade teacher, Abby, take the floor. Good old Dickie Dog. One day I remember I came home from work. This is when I first got my promoted as a, uh, you know, I've been working at this place as a charge nurse for six, nine months, something like that. 
and second job out of school, uh, you know, maybe, you know, 18 months into the nursing game, and all of a sudden, the new medical director took me aside one day, and he's like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? How do we get him out of here? And I was like, no, I was thinking I was in trouble, but yeah, how do we get him out of here? <laughs> and I got my first job as DON, and um, during that time, I came home, and I'll call it Psycho House. I came home to Psycho House, and there's Dickie Dog on the front porch in overalls and nothing else, and a tub of water with a hose scrubbing and scratching his skin like the garrison demoniac in life, in vivo. And I was like, this guy's fucking crazy. He's got morgulons. <laughs> because at that point, 2018, I knew about Morgulons. I just believed what I read on the internet in the CDC's website because they're the CDC and they wear white coats and they've got PhDs and their names are essentially unpronounceable. <laughs> I was wrong. Dicky Dog wasn't crazy. He was legion. He had a legion of Morgulons, <laughs> and now I've got him. To the comment cave, shall we? Let's go. Stay tuned. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, it's Abby from Central New York. I've had Margellans for six years, and I'm starting to see some improvements. Again, six years ago, I got out of the hospital with a nodule on my neck that moved under my skin. And later, six months later, I had another one on my lip, one on my temple, and they moved under my skin. Um, That was when I first started to notice something was off. I did see Dr. Savely three years ago. I took her um, supplements, suggested antibiotics for different kinds, ivermectin. I took the expensive Lyme tests and tested negative. Um, Through all her treatments, I found little results and ended up not going back. My parents think that I have chronic Lyme because as a child, I did get the bullseye mark from a tick bite on the top of my foot. And so they are um, led to believe that that's the cause, even though I have not ever tested positive for Lyme. Um, I also had a bad cat scratch when I was young that actually disappeared as the Morgellons grew like a mask around my face. And I'm just starting to see it again because it was quite deep. And that's just another piece to the puzzle. 
I, I remember having cancerous cells as a teenager, so I probably had HPV. I have a cat and two dogs. I have the metal Assure inside of my body for um, to prevent pregnancy. Right now, I feel as though I'm getting better, and there is a pattern that is made on your face when you start to uncover, and I originally thought they were eights, but now I can tell that it is like a chain link fence around my face of fibers with the stuff underneath. And I've often wondered if what I have actually grows on my face and possibly entraps everything like the... I think that it possibly grows on your face and as it does, it entraps particles that are found normally around your house. I do have the the floating, you say worms, I say fibers, the white ones as you're exfoliating and they come out and mine either go right to left or they go straight up and I'm not underneath any kind of register. They go straight up into the air to the ceiling somewhere. Um, I've had probably about 10 instances in the past six years where I have had a bug come out. And I, I want you to know that I am an intelligent person and I can't talk about this because I know it makes me sound crazy. It's the look in the eyes of the people close to you that you tell, the look that you know there's some disbelief there, whether it's my parents or my husband. He's not supportive because he can't be. He doesn't have the capability, I suppose. Um, And having this go on year after year, you're always in the mirror. I'm always exfoliating, always. I'm always trying to get everything out. It takes over your life. And as you've been talking about mental illness so much lately, I want to reach out and say that sometimes you have to take medicine. And I don't think anyone should be ashamed of that either. I have taken Paxil my my entire adulthood actually started at 15. Um, not Paxil, Zoloft. And at this point, after um, suffering for so long, I to keep my sanity, I am on 300 milligrams of Wellbutrin, 300 milligrams of Zoloft, um, 300 milligrams of Trazodone, and 100 milligrams of Seroquel. And that is a lot, but there will be some very dark times, and without the support, the 
the only way to stay sane, I've found, is through the help of medication. I am in control of my life, but not full. I believe mental illness comes from trauma, whatever it may be, even in kids, and obviously kids in foster care are experiencing a lot of trauma. And this disease presents itself in a way that you are traumatized. But on a lighter note, I want to mention that it is fun and interesting to look up conspiracy theories about Morgellons because I think that it makes us feel a little special in a way, like we're being targeted because we're some sort of threat. And I used to consider myself um, the person, I just thought I knew everything, and I've lost all that confidence because of the brain fog, I guess. So if the intention, if the the act of spreading Morgellons to people were intentional, they've done a good job at making me feel helpless. But anyways, I really liked the black goo theory that um, kind of came about because of, like you said, the black or brown liquid that kind of seeps from a pore that happened to me a couple times. Everything you've said so far has happened to me. Everything. But, um, and then the, the poisoning, I've always thought maybe it could have been a poison as well. I am going more with the combination of two types of um, viruses or bacteria So I want to say thank you for finding the humor. Thank you. And thank you for reaching out so often. I do listen every time you have a new one. I just am so busy. It's hard to get to respond. But thank you.